Hi, it's your favorite former U.S. men's national team player, Jimmy Conrad. And while there's no football being played, I'm going to catch up on all the episodes I missed of that one show where I know I'm smarter and funnier than the hosts, BR Football Ranks. Hello and welcome to BR Football Ranks, recorded from all sorts of places in London. My name is Jack Collins and I'm recording from West London. Joining me, Sam Ty, where are you? I'm in East London, my friend. And Dean Jones? I'm in the beautiful Surrey suburbs. There we are. And this is a slightly different BR Football Ranks. Obviously, with the world in quarantine, we have also been forced into recording separately for the first time perhaps ever, all three of us in different rooms. But we will do our best to keep you entertained in this difficult day difficult time we're going to look today at some ways to keep you occupied while there's no football on but just before that i guess the first thing to say is we hope everybody is staying safe we hope the rank squad are all out there you know stay at home make sure that you do your best for your communities and and all of that in terms of doing what's right and, and staying at home and trying to stop this it's going to be a difficult time for all of us but the rank squad will continue to provide you with content and you know just do what's best for everyone be kind be nice it's a it's a tricky old time how are you holding up boys i'm doing all right mate um Got a two-year-old to keep us entertained and on our toes. So while everyone else is scrambling around for things to do, I've got that much, pretty much uh, sorted because I don't have much choice. But weather, weather's been pretty good, mate. So I've actually been able to go in the garden and stuff. It's been quite nice. Yeah, not too bad. Sam? Yeah, so we, myself and Rachel are self-isolating. So it's a matter of time before she kills me. Um, I give it a couple of days. Uh, for now, though, I am alive and well and can continue to record from my study. Lovely. Very, very good. Well, a quick one, I guess, from me. What did you do this weekend with no big league football? There were a couple of games on. I watched the Galatasaray game. But what did you do with your weekends with little live football to keep you occupied? Dean, I'll start with you. I I did scramble around for a few games to watch. Like you say, the Turkish League was on, so I watched a little bit of that. Watched a little bit of non-league football that was still on BT Sport here in England at the time. But the most football I watched was actually uh, for a feature I wrote. I wrote about Bruno Fernandes uh, on Monday and how he's changed the culture of Man United. And as part of that, I watched pretty much every minute that Bruno Fernandes has played for Man United so far. Um, it was interesting because I spoke to a contact at United and he asked. He said to me to go and look at a specific moment in United Wolves, because I'd said to him, you know, what is some standout moments for you? And he pointed out this 50-50 tackle that Fernandez made um, with Jao Moutinho early on in his debut for United. And um, so I basically went and found that moment. And he really did smash into Moutinho, by the way. Go and look for it. It's it's worth spending no some of your... No brotherly love between the two countrymen. Exactly, yeah. Moutinho just left on the floor. And I didn't really notice this at the time at all, but there's like two minutes he's just like squirming and holding his knee because Fernandes has just gone through him. But um, it was a fair tackle. But yeah, so I've watched a lot of Bruno Fernandes and I think it's quite safe to say after watching all these United games and just watching that one player, he's a pretty good signing. Yeah, it does seem that way, doesn't it? What a pickup, Sam, what did you do? So by Saturday, the withdrawal symptoms had already set in pretty hard. And uh, I actually went on Sunday, I went and found an old game that I've always been meaning to go and rewatch, which is from 2008 in November. Uh, it was Arsenal nil, Aston Villa 2. 
Um, it, I just remember it being absolute carnage, but I was watching it in a student union, so... You know, it's, it's difficult to say whether or not what I remember actually tallies up. So I went back to have a look and it did. It was carnage. It was exactly what I thought it was. Uh, there was an own goal from Gail Clichy. There was a missed penalty from Ashley Young. Nicholas Bentner played. Um, Curtis Davies ended the game in a headband and Villa won 2-0. Went back when they were very good, very, very good, speedy counter-attacking side with Ashley Young and James Milner, Gareth Barry. It was a really nice side to watch, and I remember that away kit as well being quite iconic in my mind. So even my favourite ever defender, Martin Lawson, got an assist in that game. So it was kind of everything I wanted. Um, So I went back to take a look at it because... Well, this is the time that you can go back and watch old games, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, old games are going to feature in our five things to keep you sane in the quarantine later on in the episode. Um, But for my weekend, I'd like to start by nominating myself for Melon of the Week. uh, Because in the absence of any professional football i decided it was best to dust the boots off and play my first game of 11 aside in a while you knew well no those of you who listen regularly will know we play five aside a couple of times a week we're quite regular footballers uh, but i haven't played an 11 aside game for five six months uh, regular obviously we do a lot of work at the weekends watch a lot of games so it's uh, only occasionally we can find a space to fit them in but i played for fulhamish for the fulham fans podcast against a brentford fans podcast and uh played okay Lost 2-0, unfortunately, although we dominated the game and they didn't have a shot on target. Um, But I missed one of the worst open goals in history. Ball came across, keeper missed it, and about five yards out, I just spooned my header straight over the bar. One of those moments where you really do want the ground to open up and swallow you whole. And it was 2-0 at the time. I think it would have changed the course of the game. Just really devastated. You know, let the fans down, let my teammates down. It's a really tough one to take. So, uh, Dean, there's my nomination for myself as Melon of the Week. <laughs> Mate, I know how devastated you are. You you even text me and sound to talk about it. Um, I know it hurt. And I guess now we know the impact that, that such bad moments have on these melons week after week. You've actually experienced it firsthand. So I guess it's good to know that. We've got some firsthand experience. But I've got to say, it's time for Melon of the Week. This week's Melon of the Week, despite the fact there's been so little football, is a standout. It's Adrian for his performance against Atletico Madrid for Liverpool. They're out the Champions League, and it's all because of one man, the Liverpool goalkeeper. What was he doing, lads? Yeah, it's a tough one. It's one of those ones, obviously, you don't want to give it to goalkeeper after goalkeeper. You've said <laughs> I know, that I know. So many times. But it's, you know, one of those where it's hard to look past it, given that. I do think that it was a little bit unfair. That You know, the first the first goal is completely his fault. It's a terrible clearance. But, the, you know, everyone was blaming him then for the next two goals. I thought the second one was an unbelievable sh- shift and strike from Lorente. And the third one, it maybe goes down a little bit early, but... You know, it's definitely not his fault that Morata's threw one-on-one on goal, you know, with no, two minutes left. I, I thought he was given a little bit rough end of the stick. It's the giveaway, though, for that that Lorente goal. It's it's just such a key moment. It's something even Van Dijk kind of dug him out for afterwards. I saw some quotes from him which weren't exactly supportive. Um, I know you like to say that this Liverpool team are together, but... They're used to maintaining a certain standard. And when you have Alisson in goal, you can pretty much rely on it. And I think that those standards slipped there. And as a result, they're all calling him a melon around Anfield. It's a melon wood, not melwood. <laughs> <at the moment. laughs> 
Isolation's tough, huh? Isolation has been really tough. Right, after the break, we are going to be giving you some of our favourite tips as to how to get through this non-football period, this period where lots of us are stuck in our houses. We've got friends of the rank squad to tell us what they're doing at home at the moment. See you in a bit. Welcome back to Be Our Football Ranks, where we're going to give you some of our tips on how to escape this blankness of no football, this kind of wild, wild west of a lack of sport, a lack of live sport. And we've got a load of suggestions to kind of help you get through. There's got five different elements to this. So we're going to talk about some old games that you should go back and rewatch. Football Manager and FIFA career mode teams you can play with to get really into it. So football and slightly non-football books, films and documentaries and other podcasts that are nearly as good as BR Football Ranks. So, I mean, let's start this off. Sam, I'm going to throw to you first some old games that you think people should watch and where they can find them. Yes, obviously already got myself in the mood for this one, didn't I? With uh, a game from 2008. The key here is that you can go to a website called footballia.net. That's the word football and then I-A on the end of it, .net. And they've got games that go back to 1958. They're full games. You can just log in and watch them. Um, I would implore you to just scroll through their archives and just take a look and go as random as you can. Like, obviously, there's always merit in going back and watching Pep Guardiola's Barcelona from 2009 or 2011, sure. Like, it's good to remind yourself of just how good, like, Xavi and Iniesta were because it's easy to forget that over the course of nine or 11 years. But you can go back and pick an old World Cup final from 20 years ago. They've even got games from like the 2005 under-20 South American Championships. Messi and Fernandinho played in that. And by the way, Hugo Rodriguez top-scored the competition with 11 goals. It was a bit upside down. In the last 24 hours, they've added PSG versus Bayern in the Champions League from 1997. So the breadth of it is incredible. And rather than me tell you this game, this game, this game, I've given you some themes. Go and dig in and have a look. Like If it gets too much not being able to watch any football Go and watch an old World Cup. Go watch like go and watch a game that Johan Cruyff played in. Like go and see these players. Like if there's one with Pele in, I don't know if it goes back to 1958. He'd just about be in. Yeah, just about. Maybe just about. I mean, there might be one on there with Pele in. This is an opportunity to see some of those players that we always talk about. How we we never really got to see them play full 90 minutes because we you know we weren't around at that time. Well, this is a chance. If you need a player to go and watch, my suggestion would be to go into the Real Madrid Galacticos era and watch Guti Hernandez. Watch the potentially one of the most underrated players of all time. The man was pure silk. If you can go and find some high, well, just full games where Guti absolutely ran the show, I would implore you to go and watch just how good he was. Dean, what would you suggest? I would say go and dig into Man United's 1999 season when they won the treble. Obviously, this season, talking about the standards that Liverpool have set and before this, the last couple of years, how Man City have dominated in England. Well, in 1999, Man United did actually dominate and did actually go and win everything. And there was a couple of standout games there, obviously. The semi-final of the FA Cup when they beat Arsenal and Giggs scored his, his wonder goal to get them to the final and of course, the Champions League final against Bayern Munich, to, to just see how those games unravelled and to see not just how good United were, but the mentality of that United team and all that class of 92 really in their prime. 
is definitely worth your time. So I'd say dig back into that 99 season if you get the chance. A game, a last one from me is a, a game that actually happened 10 years ago today. Um, and some of you will remember it. And obviously this has some slight bias in the thing, but Fulham 4, Juventus 1 happened 10 years ago today that ended with that Clint Dempsey chip into the top corner that a lot of you will remember. Clint Dempsey, obviously a hero to many of the rank squad. But that whole run, Fulham played Juventus, they played Shakhtar Donetsk, they played Wolfsburg, they played Hamburg. Some of the players they played against, Willian, Fernandinho, as you said earlier, Sam, you know, World Cup winners from ranging from Cannavaro to Trezeguet. There were so many, so many good players that came up against Fulham in that run. And Actually, to watch those teams play, that Shakhtar Donetsk team that won the last ever UEFA Cup in 2009 were absolutely sensational. So there is space to dig into there. And a really funny old story where it was basically five or six Ukrainians or Russians at the back. And then in front of them was just all Brazilians in this bizarre setup that Shakhtar managed to to make work. And there were some wonderful names, Luis Adriano, Yadson, Ilsenio, who now plays in MLS. And they are a team very much worth digging into as well let's move this on and Sam I'm going to move on to you here because this is something I know you're a big fan of but recently football manager put out a tweet that said the most ever players were playing on Steam outline that they'd ever seen and I think it's probably a indication that more and more people are going to be playing football manager during this period where there's not much live things going on and I would come to you and ask who are the teams that you would suggest if someone's playing football manager for the first time or they're getting back into it after a while break who are the teams that you would suggest playing with to get the most enjoyment out of the game yeah not surprising to see the football manager numbers are spiking uh, is it when that when a lot of people are in self isolation or, or or steering clear of others because it's the kind of thing that's just like tailor made for if you have a couple of hours to kill at home and in this case I have more than a couple of hours to kill at home on my own so I've been playing this edition um FM20 uh, about as much as I have any other um I've already enjoyed some pretty decent careers uh Rail Sociedad has been a lot of fun because they have, they are a very strange blend of they're not Basque only like Athletic Club Bilbao are, but they very strongly prefer you to sign Basque players, even if you are absolutely nailing it in the Wonder Kid market and you're signing all the best players and you're soaring up the league. They always pull you up in meetings and say, "Sorry, can you sign more Basque players, please?" And it drives you up the wall. But it's a challenging scenario, and they've got the the sort of young talent available like Alexander Isak and like Martin Odegaard on a two-year loan to make this a really good save. So I've been using Real Sociedad and it's been a lot of fun. I'm in season five with them. If you want a massive challenge, go for Bolton Wanderers. Uh, They start the season with a points deduction and basically very few senior players due to their their real-life troubles. And that is one hell of a challenge. If you like it all set up for you, pick Chelsea because they have like 150 wonder kids, apparently. Um, the well is, it never goes dry. And Reese James and co just get better and better and you don't have to do anything. Also Norwich, because the back line of Max Ahrens, Jamal Lewis and Ben Godfrey is kind of just there for you already. So you just have to buy the midfield and the strikers to start competing. One absolute tip I would give you all is to do competitive football manager. Now, if you've played before, you know that it's single player. But myself... 
uh, Alex McGovern, who is our culture expert, you've heard a few times, and uh, a good a good friend and listener of the pod, Cam Johns, who's actually supplied a couple of nonsense rankings for us. Um, we are all in a football manager competition thing where we all play single player. Um, we all play the same team in the same save and we update each other after transfer windows and at key junctures in the season, like after half of the games and at full uh, at the end of the season as well. It's a single player game, but you can you can add that multiplayer and community element to it. That is actually it, now more than ever. That's actually kind of important to be able to interact with people like that and to be able to have that community feel to it because it is a single player game, but you can make it something else. Absolutely. And something I'd kind of kick on from that a little bit, if Football Manager is not your thing and you're a FIFA person, then you could take all of those suggestions that Sam's just put in there and apply them to FIFA career mode. Yes, it's not quite as detailed as, as Football Manager in terms of what it offers on the table. But as a whole thing, if you're just looking for fun, I know my brother at the moment is has a Forest Green Rovers save where he's just got them into the Premier League after about eight seasons uh, of hard work and you know it's very much something that he enjoys and and plays a lot so I imagine you could take any of those suggestions uh, and move them onto FIFA for a slightly different but ultimately equally kind of rewarding experience if, if that's kind of your thing let's kick things on another one Dean I'm going to come to you first on this one it's going to be films and documentaries preferably football led but I'm sure there are other things in here that that people can gain as well yeah, so there haven't been that many, like, great football movies, let's be honest. Like, any time there's a film and it's got football matches in it, they tend to be really you know, just sad affairs, really. They're just pathetic the way they try and replicate football games. <laughs> usually that's the case anyway. So I usually, when I'm looking for football uh, movies, I like the culture that goes around them. And as a result of that, my favourite football movie of all time is Football Factory. Now... Some people don't like it. They probably think it's a bit of a joke movie. Obviously, Danny Dyer's become a bit of a joke figure at times since this movie was made. But actually, Football Factory is a really good film and it does show you the kind of hooligan element, I guess, um, that did exist once upon a time. But more than that, it's about the characters that exist around football clubs and what fans are like, what rivalries are like. And the kind of, you know, Chelsea, Millwall... Um, rivalry is hard to understand if you're not from England. And I think that this movie does brilliantly to show like how much people do care in those communities about their club and how much they will defend them. Obviously, there are some funny scenes in this film that would probably not happen in real life, like fighting with each other over a child's football game from opposite sides of the pitch and then running and wrestling in the middle of the field. But it's brilliant, um, and I do think a lot of the ranked squad would really enjoy it. Um, what do, do you lads like Football Factory? It's the most quotable film of all time, I think, <laughs> in terms of just the amount of yeah. lines in it that are just absolutely classic. I love the Football Factory, obviously, um, in terms of I, you know, when I was... Growing up, I watched all of those films, Football Factory, Green Street, um, and it actually links in quite nicely with what I was going to suggest because, again, I'm with you. Obviously, Escape to Victory is aside. Films with football in them do tend to struggle with, with how they are. But in terms of films a bit like that around the culture, around the kind of elements around it, my favourite films about football are IED, Rise of the Foot Soldier oh, yeah. and Cass, which I think is a modern classic, probably understood a few by, by less people, C-A-S-S, and very much worth your time. They're not necessarily all 
football led they're a little bit more thriller psychological especially id which is about the police trying to infiltrate football gangs um but it's a genuine thriller a really 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 good film and and very much worth your time so i'm going to throw to you and you're going to suggest to me something ridiculous aren't you no 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 i mean so if you want a glimpse of the old the old uh, hooligan days and the dark side of football then then green street give, really gives you that but i am uh, a much more of a sunny person, a happy person. So I prefer the uplifting tones of Goal from 2005, <laughs> which is essentially Santiago Munez, who looks exactly like Miguel Almiron, uh, manages to get himself from Mexico over to Newcastle for a trial to play in the Premier League. And it's an awesome film. It's genuinely one of the only ones that's any good at all. Um, not, goal 2 wasn't as good. Uh, so set your expectations after goal one, but definitely watch goal. It's even got like little cameos in it from like Zidane in a Newcastle bar and things like that. It's got all these sort of little bits and nuggets and stuff like that that you'll absolutely love if you haven't seen it. And definitely don't watch goal three, which if you thought goal <laughs> two was bad, is a genuine disaster class of the highest order, but plenty of fun. Um, Sam, what about documentaries? Anything that's taken your fancy or you've seen recently that you could recommend? Um, I think I've spoken about it before. I've implored people to talk about it. It's Sunderland Till I Die, which is you know still there on Netflix. And this is the perfect time to go and watch it. Of all of the um, all of the football documentaries we've seen so far, I think this is the best one. It's certainly the most gritty and the most real. And season two is coming pretty shortly. So it's a good time to get season one in because, well, I mean, you all know, it's based on real life events. So you all know it didn't go to plan for Sunderland that season. So have to say, didn't didn't go to plan that season season after as well. So uh, settle in for quite a lot of heartache, but it is so close to the bone and so real that you have to watch this one. Talking of things that didn't go to plan, um, take us home. Leeds United is on Amazon as well, uh, which is very much worth your time. Brilliantly narrated, um, and the kind of build up that it's all going to plan and everything's going to be fine, and then it all absolutely collapses. And it, you know, it is the real kind of heartache of what the playoffs are like. And I know we talk a lot on this show about how how good the championship is and how dramatic the championship is, but I think that gives such an insight into Leeds were flying. They missed a couple of key opportunities. They wandered into the playoffs expecting to just get into the final were well ahead against Derby and threw it all away and the kind of heartbreak around the club and the kind of curse of Bielsa and all of those things are so intrinsically written into the script that it almost reads as if it's written but it's obviously what happened in real life. Dean, documentaries? Yeah, they had yeah, they had um the Leeds one was was good, especially as the episodes almost stand alone because they had so many different themes throughout that season. You, you can just dig in and out of it. But um, actually, on Amazon, the one I've recently watched is the Brazil national team All or Nothing. And I wasn't sure about it at first, but I really got into it. And what I liked about it is that it was showing me stuff that I genuinely didn't know before. Like, you always see documentaries and shows usually around club football. Um, and this is just completely different from that and shows you kind of the effect of when Neymar suffers an injury and Willian is on his holiday and gets the call up and suddenly comes back into the national team and how does he feel about that because he was on holiday and then he's back in but you see actually he's delighted it's all he ever wanted and just the whole emotion wrapped around international football it's really interesting especially people like Danny Alves and you see him going out to see his father who's out literally um, 
getting coconuts from the trees and helping selling them to the locals and stuff like that. And then Danny Elvis is there drinking uh, the coconut milk with his father and chatting and joking. And it's just, it's just crazy the way that they um, managed to show not just the, the brilliance of the Brazilian national team and the romance, I guess, that surrounds that team, but then also the complete other side of the Brazilian culture, what it's like inside those cities, how different every city is, how um, emotional the fans are. It's a really, really interesting documentary that I would recommend on Amazon. And then also, if you want something a bit different on YouTube, you've got to get a cult classic here. It's called Orient Club for a Fiver. Now, this is a proper classic. It's from... Oh, I said a long time ago. It's probably the, uh, the 90s it was probably from. But it's what you get on Netflix now is all very shiny and glossy and edited. This is very real and grainy. And you really, really get a glimpse of what it was like to be a lower league footballer in England, struggling at the very foot of the lower leagues and trying to fight your way back. And the personalities in there are just unreal. You see that how their lives are genuinely affected by every result. And the manager from this documentary, John Sitton, well, I feel a bit sorry for him, to be honest, because it kind of ended his career in football because of the way they portrayed him. And it started off as a documentary about Leighton Orient Football Club and became a mockumentary, if you like, of John Sitton. Um, but some of the lines he comes out with in his team talks, you could not make up. Go and go and watch it. It takes about I think it's a fifty minute documentary on YouTube. Orient Club for a fiver. There we are. We're talking of YouTube. If you are bored and you're looking for football content that doesn't exist anywhere else, there is your call, which features all three of us uh, on it. It's uh, it's on the Bleacher Report channels. It's the top thing if you search BR football, uh, and that is an adventure that you can kind of pick yourself. And there's various different routes to how you. Uh, work your career out but it's a it's a lot of fun and, and definitely worth your time isn't it boys it is yeah I was brilliant in that actually um really really impressed my my mum was very very proud of me after that one I've done a lot of things in my career but never have I had as many text messages from my mum about how proud as she is than when I recorded your call and it went out on YouTube brilliant moment IMDB credits. Yeah, you you were really good. It's annoying (laughs) they booked it the week that I was on holiday. There's such his. No, that was that that was that that was on purpose. That was not a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Last bit on uh, YouTube (laughs) content for me, and um, a massive shout out to Ellie Mengem who does Derby Days on Copper's channel. Um, If you want uh, a real insight into how derbies work in terms of football and especially into the Super Classico, the most recent one about the derbies in in Italy and in Berlin and also in Portsmouth and Southampton, which is a derby that you know some of you potentially won't even know about uh, on the south coast of England because it hasn't been in the same league for so long. It is such an intriguing, intriguing watch and there's so many of them. It goes back all the way through the Seville derby, which we'll talk about a little bit later and you know, there's just an absolute shed load of content in terms of how football culture works around the world. So very much worth your time if you are looking for things on YouTube. Going to move on to books. Uh, Dean, I'm going to ask you for your suggestion before I go full ham on this one. (laughs) Nobody's read as many football books as you. So there's only one man to go through this segment. But I will start because I did recently read a book that was unlike anything football wise I'd ever read. And it's called Edge, and it's by Ben Littleton, who we're actually hoping to get on this podcast 
pretty soon. He's usually a, an expert in penalties and the kind of masterminds behind techniques and thinking on penalty kicks. But this book is a bit different and it's kind of mixes business with football and has like gets inside the thinkers of football. So there are details in there behind specific clubs like Athletic Club Bilbao and the kind of ethos it takes to become part of that club and why it is so unique. They'll go into specific figures. They'll go into Liverpool's academy. They'll look at the French national setup with Deschamps. You just get an insight in this book to aspects of football that you have genuinely never even thought about and probably didn't even know existed. Um, I've worked in football for a long time, watched it for even longer. Uh, this book, almost every chapter, to be honest, was just really intriguing and almost revelatory. So, um, yeah, edged by Ben Littleton. I couldn't recommend it high enough. Absolutely. Right. Well, I'm going to... as. Those of you who listen regularly will know I am a big football reader. I'm going to run through a list of books that I would highly, highly recommend and a little bit on each as to why. So I'm going to start with a book by Joe McGuinness called The Miracle of Castel de Sangro. It's about an Italian side who work their way up the divisions and about the kind of weird politics associated with this tiny little town that has a football team that punches well above its weight and all of the kind of interesting intriguing relationships that occur between the management between the players and it's phenomenal in terms of, of what it brings to the table um staying in italy paddy agnew's forza italia is a basic overview of all italian football and how much it means uh, it's such such a brilliant read and for anyone who's interested in calcio i know a lot of it in in america uh, a lot of you in America are very much interested in Serie A. It's a, it's a really, really good read. For those of you with a La Liga bias, a little bit like myself, uh, Morbo by Phil Ball, the story of Spanish football is again a big overview, but really does dig into what the differences in different cultural regions and different football clubs and what they stand for means in terms of the history of Spain and also in terms of what that means going forward. The Frying Pan of Spain by Colin Miller is about the Seville Derby, about Real Betis and about Sevilla. It's an absolutely intriguing read from start to finish about how those clubs were created and the kind of intertwined history and relationship that they have. In a similar vein, Sid Lowe's Fear and Loathing in La Liga is about Barcelona and Real Madrid, about the Clasico and, and what those two teams represent on a political and a personal kind of basis. Uh, and mixing it up a little bit to finish, Jonathan Wilson's Angels with Dirty faces is a long long read um, but one that's very much worth your time about the history of Argentinian football and why and how they play that's different to Brazil and and why it's a little bit different from the rest of South America my favorite quote ever maybe from Rory Smith he says people who like football like Brazil people who love it love Argentina and I thought that was a, a real moment sum it up and I'll finish it off with the most random of them all. It's called Grobar. It's by James Moore. And it's a story of a man who basically went out to Serbia as a civil servant and became involved with Partizan Belgrade's ultras section and basically reported on it for a whole season following Partizan home and away. Uh, and it was absolutely and utterly intriguing. So there you are, nine suggestions from me as to what you should read in this period. But they're all on Amazon. They're all in a load of bookstores. I would absolutely highly recommend any of them to all of you. Free. 
thought you might have a few, mate. There's a couple. Just a couple. I'm not even going to throw this one to Sam. I know Sam <laughs> reads to get away from football, not to get into it. But yeah, I am he reads gonna, fantasy novels. I am going to throw to Sam with podcasts. We're going to finish with some other podcasts. Obviously, they're very big at the moment that people are listening. And probably take this opportunity to say that if you know someone who's bored and doesn't listen and wants to get into a football podcast, new football podcast, we'd massively recommend, uh, massively appreciate if you recommended us to them. And we'd really, really love it if this was a period where everyone's a little bit on their heels to to push back through BR Football Ranks' history. We've tried to make as many of our episodes evergreen as possible. There's so much in there that can be done even now, you know, looking back at different Ballon d'Or winners or, or all the things we explored at the back end of last year. There's so many evergreen kind of podcasts in there. So if you know someone who's looking for content, looking for stories and looking for podcasts, then we'd massively appreciate you sharing ranks with them as ever. Sam, do you have any other podcasts that the Rank Squad should listen to? Uh, I would actually ask the people not to trawl back through the archives and thus my terrible takes will not be exposed. Um, on the book thing, just quickly, because you're right, I do actually read non-football books because it feels a bit like a busman's holiday at times. But there is a really good one of the early days of Jose Mourinho in Portugal by Luis Lorenco, which is probably never a better time to read it, given how his reputation is, is suffering. And that's well worth a reminder of what a genius he was back in his uh, back in his Portugal days before he made the move to Chelsea and became the special one. Um, podcasts, apart from this one, well... Away from football, there is one, uh, there is the Takashi 6ix9ine story, the rapper who, well, I'm not going to give it away, but managed to get himself into a small spot of bother due to gang-related violence and association. Um, it's, a, it's a complex and Spotify creation, and it's serialised. I think I've just released episode eight, and it is absolutely incredible. You don't even really have to like his music to get involved with it. You just you just listen uh, as like the first hand experiences and the first hand stories of of a guy who shot to the top of the rapping game in the space of about two years and then fell pretty hard afterwards. It is an absolutely incredible read. There are football podcasts I listen to as well. Um, there's, there's German, there's German football ones. There's, there's, there's French football ones. There's lots of official like reminders where you can wrap up on different leagues. If you haven't been able to watch it that weekend, I'd recommend obviously then just going and watching, sorry, listening to like Ligue 1's official uh, French football podcast those guys are really good and if you want to check in on how Neymar and Mbappe are doing and things like that that's always worth your while but uh, my favourite podcast right now aside from BR Football Ranks is the Zakashi 69 story it's nothing to do with football it's so good it's recorded by Angie Martinez it's part of Complex I think we've all got massively into it and I am very much someone who didn't really like Takashi's music. I wasn't anyone that really registered on my radar in terms of what I was listening to and yet absolutely gripped by that podcast. In a very similar vein, something I've been listening to is Stay Free, the story of The Clash. It's narrated by Chuck D from Public Enemy and it's about the story of this West London punk group who basically exceeded all expectations in terms of what they did. They went from punk to becoming worldwide superstars, one of the, you know, the greatest bands of all time and Chuck D tells their story absolutely perfectly. Another Spotify original podcast made with other people's help, but it's absolutely brilliant. And so stay free on Spotify. Uh, very much worth your time as well if you're into music. Whether you like The Clash or not, it's one hell of a story. Dean, what have you been listening to? Well, non-football, I've got to give a shout out to Reese James, haven't I? Our friend of the pod. He, he uh, comes friend. on our podcast, so let's send people some, his, some people his way because his podcast, Early Work with Reese James... Um, it's quite a few episodes in now. It's uh, I think it's had ten episodes now, 
Uh, it's really funny, just an easy listen and will definitely kill an hour or two of your day and make it a much more pleasant experience. Uh, but in terms of football, I would say there is a standout one-off episode that I would recommend everyone goes to listen to. It's the Greatest Game podcast with Jamie Carragher. I don't usually listen to this podcast. I don't usually like listening to interviews very much, but he interviewed Michael Owen uh, last month. The episode with Michael Owen is must-listen. It's brilliant. You see Michael Owen in a completely different light. He's obviously become a bit of a joke figure in recent times because of his comments on football and on Twitter. But Michael Owen was a teenage sensation, a child sensation. And in this podcast, he talks about things like when he was, I think he said when he was 13 years in the world, when he was 13 years old, he knew he was the best footballer in the world. And he says, I knew I was, that progressed and progressed. And to just hear Michael Owen talk about how good he knew he was as a footballer, is just unreal. I've never heard anyone talk about it in the way that he did ever before absolutely well that's what we're going to be doing and what we recommend to do while this period of self-isolation this period of quarantine is going on obviously the most important thing is that you stay safe and stay well so rank squad this one goes out to all of you we hope that you are all okay and we hope that things are gonna pass as quickly as they possibly can but also just remember to stay safe keep your loved ones safe and all of those things Right now, we're going to throw to a couple of friends of the Rank Squad from all over the world, and we're going to ask them what they're going to use this period with no football to do. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Alexis from the Cooligans podcast and TV show. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to use this time with no soccer going on right now to, I don't know, maybe eat one of the 35 bags of Doritos that I purchased in preparation for something like this. And y'all thought I was crazy, but haha, who's got sodium now? Your boy. Uh, I'm probably going to start playing football manager because I never played that before, but I see everybody tweeting about it. So I'm ready to go. I got lots of time in my hands. Let's get Arsenal to win the league again. And uh, oh, and I'm probably going to write a letter to your government to get y'all to start calling it soccer again because I'm tired of hearing it. All right, y'all told us that was the name. That's what we call in it i we need y'all to start calling it that again enough with the nicknames this is reese james not that one that one's quarantined because he's been in contact with callum hudson adoy this is the real reese james and i plan to spend my time with no football getting some red string getting my pins getting my pin board getting my evidence and piecing together the mysterious case of kieran trippier is he just an international catfish now he's gone abroad he's doing well what's going on can he just not do it in the british isles i thought we'd get answers in euro 2020 but that's been delayed till 2021 i've got a whole year to compile my evidence expect a netflix documentary soon hi it's one of the best guests to ever be on br football ranks jimmy conrad and while there's no football being played i'm gonna celebrate the fact that my favorite premier league club newcastle can't get relegated this season which is such a relief especially because we have steve bruce in charge and i'm not entirely sure that he knows what he's doing and do you know how i'm gonna celebrate by pulling down my pants and doing the helicopter. I mean, that's the beauty of being stuck at home. I can do this anytime and no one can see me. And that's the beauty of this being audio only. I could be doing it right now and you never know. How's that for a visual? Also, I think I'm losing my mind. I need to socialize. What's up, guys? It's Connor Rogers from Stick to Football here. And while there's no football going on, really no sports going on in general, I'm going to take this time to relax a little bit, 
you know, maybe read a book for once, uh, stay on top of workouts, even if they're a little limited from home, use this time as, as a good resting time. But most importantly, just stay safe, stay inside if you can, and catch up on those Football Ranks podcasts. My boys out there, of course, Dean, Jack, Sam, uh, you know, I miss you guys. I can't wait to see you guys again, even if it's going to be a while. But this is a good time to catch up on their show and all the Bleacher Report shows, and we'll all be through this soon. Hey, what's up, guys? Mike McGee here. Um, Sam, Jack, Dean, miss you guys. Uh, I love VR football ranks, so keep it up, guys. Um, unfortunately, the coronavirus is kind of kind of ruining ruining soccer right now. Sorry, I don't call football, but want to suggest some some games to watch um, that'll occupy some time. I'd say the two best games ever are the 2011. MLS Cup Final in the 2012 MLS Cup Final. So uh, if you're bored and, and want to kill some time, go watch those and, and, and enjoy yourself. Um, uh, soccer will be back soon, and uh, you know can't, can't wait. So everyone stay safe, stay away from each other. Take it easy. Well, thank you to all of the Rags Court for sending in what they're going to be up to in this period of self-isolation. Before we go, as ever, Sam, you got a nonsense for us. Here's a siren. Hey! Yeah, the nonsense doesn't stop uh, even in self-isolation. To be frank, actually, I've got I've got so much time on my hands. I've I've got I've got five or six of these things lined up. So this is going to be good for the bank of nonsense. Um, this week we're talking big projects that you can complete during self-isolation. So these are my three major projects that I hope to achieve during this period of time. Again, you can turn this negativity into a positive if you try hard enough and look for avenues. So minute three, I'm going to watch all of the Marvel Universe films in chronological order and then rank them. Obviously, I'm going to rank them. Who do you think I am? Um, A huge fan of this general series, but I haven't seen all of them. And they were not released in chronological order. They were released all over the place. So now that they're all out and you know the ending, you can kind of go back through and you can pick up on loads of little gems and nuggets here and there. I also just haven't seen them all. Like, I started this project last night with Captain America, the first Avenger, and I'd never seen that one, and I also realised that I hadn't seen any of the Captain America movies. Probably because I think he's crap compared to the others, but because the, uh, the other ones are not in his films, he actually doesn't look as bad by comparison. So I think this is going to be a very fun project. I'm already two in. So I did Captain America, First Avenger. I did Captain Marvel last night as well. Uh, so we're, I like Captain we're off, Marvel a lot. We're off to a good start on that one. We're off to a good start. Um, in at number two, uh, and this is a bit of a choose or a pick-em, and I, I'm, open to, uh, I'm open to feedback from the audience and the rank squad here. I'm going to rank all of the opening scenes from either The Office US or Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So after I finish the Marvel project... I will do this. So we've got time to think about it. Um, I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine will be less work because there are a few episodes. But The Office, I think, is a, is a tougher gig and a more rewarding project because there are so many good opening two or three minute scenes. Um, if any of you have seen Alfonso Davies, friend of the pod, his recreation of uh, the Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way scene in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I feel like that might be too easy a number one. So I'm trending towards The Office because there are a few a few options uh but if you feel strongly either way then do get in touch with me i'd like you to do brooklyn 99 purely because the obvious thing here is that the office us is worse than the office uk right okay i mean uh, I, I, I agree but only just like your office us is fantastic it's so so good it is yeah but not as good not as good as ricky gervais's original imo right what's in at one i'm gonna train for the olympics because um, it looks like it's going to be postponed, doesn't it? So it gives me a bit more time. I didn't make the cut 
Um, I didn't make the cut for this. What, for this what one. sport are you training for? Well, I think I was thinking about doing a bit of everything. Um, I was going to do a bit of swimming, um, some short distance running, and then probably give give it all like, all the jumping ones a go, uh, triple, long, and high. I'd be good at all those as well. So is this just a decathlon? Uh, <laughs> there's no bike. <laughs> don't put me on a bike, please. Don't put me anywhere near a bike. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really mind. I'm open. I'm open to it. Really, I'll speak to the committee, uh, see what holes they need filled. I guess um, because I'm kind of up for anything except bikes. Um, but obviously, yeah, I, with with it look like it's going to be postponed. I think I've got I've got time. We've got nothing but time. We can we can time. work we can work on ourselves here, guys. Take the opportunity. I like it, Dean. Are you doing anything in particular in terms of big projects? You have no, a child. No, mate. I'm just bringing up a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is probably the biggest project of my life, I guess, isn't it? Not um, really. Also, my wife is eight months pregnant, so um, this is really good timing for us. To be honest, can you imagine? Um, about to have a baby and there's a virus going through hospitals. Brilliant news. You might have to self-birth. <laughs> well, actually, that's probably worth my time. Maybe I should look up home birthing YouTube videos. Maybe I should have added that into that section. <laughs> what you should do is your big project is become a midwife. <laughs> Can you imagine? It'd be actually, fantastic. One guy that used to work with us at Bleach Report did actually have to do this, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. He doesn't stop talking about it. Yeah, so he, he did actually have to help his wife with the home birth. So And it was the second one, Dino. It was the second one. Remember and that. It was the second one. And very similar age gap to mine. So maybe I need to do that. Yeah. All right, I better go, lads. <laughs> yeah, you better go. I'm going to write an album and also become really good at darts. They're my big projects for while we spend our time in isolation. Both seem reasonable. Yeah, that seems reasonable. You're pretty good at darts. Probably can write an album. I've got an out for those of you that set, follow me on Instagram. You will see that the album setup is is begun. There is a, a keyboard and a recording desk all sort up. So uh, the next thing is just doing some music, I guess, which I think is the easy part. It is one of those. Right, all that's left <laughs> for me to do is to say thank you so much to Dean Jones. Cheers, mate. Stay safe. Thank you so much to Sam Ty. Cheers, mate. Stay safe yourself. Absolutely. And Rank Squad, thank you so much for listening. We wish you all the best in these difficult times. Stay safe. Keep your loved ones safe. Stay inside if you can. It's worth it to keep the general population better. You know, this is a time for pulling together. We will continue to provide you with content as of when we can. But we'll be back next week as ever to record on Tuesday. Release on Wednesday. The Rank Squad marches on. Look after yourselves, gang. Lots of love. Peace.